Okay. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh... <laughs> you have to do the intro. You're the host of this episode. Ah, well, you know, I feel like the best intro is... No, oh my god, start over. <laughs> We're not starting over. Keep it in. Hi, welcome to Albert. Closer to the Core, episode three. <laughs> I am not your host, Albert. Uh, the host this week is... is traumatized, Natalie. currently. Is, is tra- <laughs> the host, my co-host this week is traumatized. Uh, welcome her to the stage. Yeah, hello. Um, my name is Trauma. I almost got T-boned like 15 minutes ago. I'm like, still kind of recovering from that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's kind of how I wanted to start this episode, uh, because I had a plan coming into this where I wanted to talk about um, spontaneity in life and like surviving through it, mm-hmm. and the fact that I almost got died T-boned on the way is here. kind of ironic. Like up the block from my place, literally right next to your house. Yeah, and then I almost hit an old man while I was trying to avoid being T-boned. It was very. Yeah, I, I need to decompress from that. But yeah. Um, before I get into the topic of the episode, because yeah, I'm hosting this week. I'm super excited. Um, I'm kind of doing like the other side of the coin of what we talked about last week with Albert hosted and, you know, regimenting your life routines. I do kind of want to like check in with you on that and see how things have been going for you. Because uh, I know like when we talked about it last time, you had just started and I, you know. Can oh, we yeah. get some follow-up on that and then, you know, show the other side of the spontaneity that has been happening in my life the past two weeks, like, since I've last seen you. Like, I've had so many crazy occurrences that would, like, not align with a routine, and I definitely wanted to, to, like, talk about that this week. But before we get into that, I also wanted to kind of shift into where this podcast is heading. Um I move out of my apartment in two weeks Mm, and I'm moving into a new apartment. Um, I'm very excited. This is going to be like a big step for me because it's a, I mean, I've always kind of, I've lived on my own, but this is a a cool apartment with like a pool and I have a huge master bedroom and I have a master bathroom to myself. I don't know. I feel like this is a big step. Big girl. Big girl step. And uh, in this apartment, I kind of want to have like a new setup for Albert and I to record podcasts and, you know, get some more mics in on the situation, have some guests on. Yeah, for sure. That's like a huge goal for us. Um, until then we're going to keep, you know, doing this, like switch on and off chatting with each other about life. Uh, luckily this week I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited for that. But, um, yeah, Albert, how was, how was Canada? How was, uh, well, Canada was good. That was, um, a nice break. Interestingly enough, placed right after I started regimenting whole bunch of shit but um i got right back on it when i got home which is which is cool to see that i wasn't it was not a struggle at all to do that um i think part of that has to do with just like flying back in and i had plenty of time to like recover from that week Uh, i just had like two days to chillax and so i've been going to bed at like like 11 pretty much like 10 30 11 every day waking up at like like seven ish uh i canceled my other gym membership because it was a 10 minute drive away and i was like wow that's a 20 minute drive round trip nine miles in total i'm wasting time and gas this is stupid um interesting and i signed up for the gym that is right across the street you guys can't see it but natalie has her back to my window and if you are if you were to stand up and just look across the, the field uh-huh. you can see the building so you can walk there that's really cool yeah, so I just but your old gym has so many memories my yeah so my <laughs> old gym the main reason i went there is because i was playing a lot of volleyball like three to four times a week mm-hmm. and that's not that great for your knees and one of my favorite exercises for that uh if you're listening and you have knee problems uh it is it like if they if you have a sled at your gym like one of those push pull sleds doing mm-hmm. that like the pulling part specifically if you like hook a band to your waist and hook it up to the sled and you walk it backwards it's incredible for your for your quads and your knees and just getting blood flow to that area because cartilage isn't great for blood flow uh turns out um but yeah that's a little tangent on why i chose that gym in the first place now i have a gym that's four minutes away and it's a four minute walk instead of a 10 minute drive um Perfect. and it's fucking fantastic because now i can wake up like two hours before work go to the gym shower and then like 
I've been getting up earlier than that too. So I like get some reading in, some writing in, some just, and then I'm just mentally prepared to work. And then I I love that. I'm just more productive. Uh, Um, The apartment that I'm going to be moving into has a gym inside of it. So I'm actually kind of really excited for that. I'm going to be way further away from the climbing gym. So that'll be really annoying. I'm not going to stop going. Yeah. But But you um, might be able to find one that's closer to you. No. Um, I really like movement. I have like a solid group of friends that go there and I want to continue is that what the, climbing the with climbing them. climbing gym is called? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't dox yourself, but yes, I'm sure there's many movements. There is. Uh, in Denver alone, there's okay, like cool. Yeah. So bunch. I actually wanted to bring up something really quick because, um, last time you were like, oh, but like regimenting and scheduling, like what happens if something pops up and like what, like, you know, what are you supposed to do then? Cause then your schedule's all messed up. Mm-hmm. And so I just finished the book Deep Work by Cal Newport, which is where this kind of regimenting style comes from. I originally got it from a YouTuber I follow, but he got it from this book, right? And so it's and his advice was schedule every part of your day. And the first misconception uh, or kind of like thought against it is exactly what you brought up because it's a good point. It's genuinely a good point. Mm-hmm. It's like some shit comes up or if you get a better idea to do something else, like what do you do? Um, and the answer is, if you get a better idea and something really inspirational, fuck the rest of the schedule. If something pops up that. and it's urgent, then it's fine. Like, go take care of that first. And so the quote goes, you might, re-white, you, you might rewrite your schedule half a dozen times. Don't despair. Your goal isn't to stick to a given schedule. It's instead to maintain, at all times, a thoughtful say in what you're doing with your time going forward. Even if those decisions need to be reworked as the day unfolds. That's really beautiful. That's great advice right there. I like that. Um, it does take a lot of personal responsibility to not be hard on yourself and not to like fall too deep into like if you are to plan your day the, the, the day before, like mm-hmm. being able to be free with yourself. That's a skill that you you need to have in order to do that. Yeah, it's a lot of just don't. Yeah, not being hard on yourself is definitely something a, a lot of people... Uh, I mean, I, I guess there's the spectrum, but I'm definitely on the side that leans like I'm pretty hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those things where it's where you got to learn to kind of let go. And um, if there's another priority and it's like a good idea, then just go for it. This yeah. Friday, I had a whole schedule. I'm like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to storyboard that. I'm going to script this out. I'm going to record this. And um, for my company, we have this update going out next week. And it's like. Uh, our, our asset manager, the guy who handles all of our like official teasers and stuff, he's mm-hmm. like, hey, I have this idea for like a one-minute video. Uh, but we have like f- three to four hours left in the day. What do you think? Can we bang this out? And I just scrapped the rest of my day and we worked on this video together. I'm happy to hear that. And it's, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's a good time. What was the video? The one-minute video? It's a, it's a teaser for one of the new game modes. Oh, cool. That our game is featuring in the new update. Very nice, very nice. But on the entirely flip side, what were you going to be... What do you want to talk about with your spontaneity? Um, well, before we get to that, I also kind of wanted to talk about something else that I integrated after last week's episode. It was only sure. one day, uh-huh. but it was very interesting to like kind of compare what we talked about on the episode and how I applied kind of thoughts and feelings into my day that day but friday i woke up at like 4 30 in the morning and i climbed a mountain before work Hell! (laughs) and i went rock climbing with friends like on top of the mountain and first of all that was amazing it was like i I, uh while the weather's still nice i'm trying to get my friends to do this at least once a week like i want to i want to do this and that early in the morning is the only time you can do it because the second it hits noon it's gonna be fucking 100 degrees i know there was no one um in the area uh we were the only ones on the mountain we made coffee on the mountain yeah the early bird gets the worm man literally i did some like moves that i never thought i'd be able to do this like early on in outdoor rock climbing either yeah i mean just knowing that i had a full day ahead of me too was like super fun i will say when i got to work i did not want to work unfortunately so that has a lot i mean that has to do with a lot of things right like it could be it could be um that like your tasks that day were like oh that kind of sucks and you didn't I don't know if you like thought them out or blocked them out. I think one of the things that I realized is that um, a few of these days where I've gotten up and worked out or gone for a run uh, and I get home and I'm like, shit, I don't want to work. It's uh, it was for two really small reasons, actually. It was um, like I would feel really tired and all this stuff. And it's like one, either I went too hard 
mm-hmm. like my workout or my run. Normally it's like a run. Like after I work out, I'm pretty energized, even if I go really hard. But after a run, like I can exhaust myself to the point of like I need a nap. Right. Um, so it's either I went too hard on my run. That was number one. So you might have gone way too hard on the whole hike into mountain climb. Like you were out for a while, right? Like you, that was a full day's energy that you expend. It wasn't like this is some light exercise before I start my work. I mean, the mountain wasn't that long of a hike. I guess I'm over exaggerating when I say I climbed a mountain. I want to say it was like a 10 minute hike to the, to the rock climbing okay, spot. But rock climbing is also a good amount of that energy. Mm, and fair. number two, which honestly should be number one realistic, but um, I realized that I was fucking dehydrated. Interesting. So I wasn't really. Like, maybe take a second to think about, like, how much water you were actually intaking. I do know that my stomach got ripped to shreds because I had nothing but coffee in the morning. Um, Yeah. And, like, I know everyone that I was with was feeling it, too. We were like, we need a bathroom right now. Like, this hurts. Yeah, no, because I I did, like, a really short, like, 10, 15-minute run before our work the other day. Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. go for a full workout. And I got that really, hey, I'm, I'm feeling like I need a nap, tired energy. And then I thought about it. It's like, oh, I didn't drink any water after I got up. And I just had a sip after I got back. And it's like, if you think about it, when you're sleeping, that's like seven to nine hours that your body isn't intaking water. Maybe I was was dehydrated. Uh, well, I'm definitely going to be trying it again. I'm going to yeah. let you know. Well, like... You're also out in the sun. You're exercising. We were so... in the shade. It was honestly amazing. I like... mean, even if you're in the shade, you're in the sun. I know, you know but saying? I'm just, like, in but awe. But it sounds awesome. Like, this I would say go for it again, and this time drink a glass of water before <laughs> you go, and then make sure you're filled up on water while you're doing it. Okay, like, okay. You can overhydrate. Don't do that, but you know you know what I'm saying. Like, just, you mm, know your body. Yeah, I mean, that's hard to do in Denver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overhydrating. Seriously. I don't think I've felt hydrated in a very long time. Dude, it was <laughs> so. disgustingly humid in Canada when I went. Oh, and, right. Uh I would say the 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 most positive trade-off of that disgusting humidity is that at no point did I ever feel like I needed to lotion myself. <laughs> Whereas in Colorado, it feels like if I don't apply lotion every six to ten hours, I will die. I feel like I have scales right now, and I lotioned up before I even came here. Yeah. Well, I have lotion if you want to take a break or something or after this, but either way. BRB, Albert and I are going to go apply some <laughs> no. lotion because the humidity is negative six here. Yeah, Honestly, um, that's what it feels like sometimes. Uh, okay, so spontaneity. Let's get into it. I don't know if I told you this already, but I went hike. No, not hiking. I went camping last weekend. Yep. And I was not prepared for what was about to happen to me. <laughs> um, nothing that I, I, I guess going forward, there are things that I could do to have prevented this from happening. But let me just get into the story. Um so I decided that I was going to go camping with some friends and I was going to meet them after work at the campsite, mm-hmm. the, the quote unquote campsite, because we didn't actually have a campsite. Um, we had a general region that we were going to be camping in. <laughs> and so the, the town that we were camping in was about two and a half hours from Denver in the Rocky Mountains. It was in San Isabel National Forest. And we knew that we were going to be stopping at this reservoir uh and that we were gonna be camping on the reservoir because we were gonna do paddle boarding and fishing and all this other like great stuff so i figured that we'd be camping on the reservoir and Mm -hmm. i just said like i would meet them there they were getting there like an hour and a half before me and were gonna message me where the campsite was and i'm like i'll just drive in that general region and then you know you'll send me your location and then i'll you know change route whatever i think i know where this is going do you do yeah. you know <laughs> you're probably right uh when i get to the reservoir i'm kind of driving around i still hadn't gotten a pin from them but i figured you know how much space can the reservoir even have i'm just gonna drive yeah, around how it large can a reservoir be you know in the rocky mountains <laughs> where the colorado river originates and feeds water to four All different right. you know five, i wasn't really thinking states. of this no one else was worried and i was feeding off of that carefree energy mm-hmm. um which honestly saved me stress i don't think i was really that stressed throughout this entire process i don't know why but I, anyway i don't see my friends at the reservoir at all they are not there <laughs> and I somehow, when I was pulling into the reservoir, was able to get a text from one of them saying, K, 
campsite with a pin. But I couldn't open the pin because I didn't have service. Right. I don't even know how I got this text message. Yep. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm just going to drive away, kind of go backwards a little bit till I get service and load up this pin. It took me about, I don't know, five minutes down the road. I was able to get a bar. Okay, not too bad. Um, and I loaded up the pin and it says that they were an hour, like a 50 minutes to an hour away. <laughs> oh, shit. Down a service road. In the National Forest. Down and service. What is it? What do you mean? What What is now for it, me? It's not a heavily trafficked road. And it's is it not like a dirt road. It's a dirt road with Whoa. hella craters. Like definitely not for a sedan. I don't have a sedan, but like, I mean, you, you need four wheel drive. Not for my car. You would not be able to no. drive down. I mean, maybe I saw a Prius. So oh. I mean, someone was able to do that. That was like the smallest car that, that I saw. Anyway, um, I need to like you know point out that it's seven thirty when I get this message, and the sun goes down at eight thirty. So I was like, oh, okay, seven thirty at night. Yeah, dude, this is after and work. You gotta go find your friends. Uh huh. <laughs> and I can't call or text them either because they don't have service. I again, I have no idea how they even sent me this pen like mm-hmm. to this day. And I'm like, okay, uh, I don't know if, like, the pin is off, if, like, because, you know, pins don't, are necessarily accurate, especially when you don't have service. They can, like, pretty much put, put themselves anywhere. Um, if your GPS, your GPS function doesn't, like, work as well when you're, uh, when you don't have, like, Wi-Fi or service, it's pretty much doing an estimate based on where it thinks you are. And you, you know how you can, like, load up uh like directions on your maps and even if you don't have service it'll still take you yeah it's because it's estimating your drive yeah it's a, it doesn't actually really know where you're where you are anyway <laughs> so i was not very confident that my friends were going to be on at this pin but i had no other choice but to drive towards it and i didn't have enough service to load up like actual directions so i had to just like know that this road i was gonna follow it until it cuts off at the end and then kind of like take a left and i knew like the like there was gonna be something there mm-hmm. so i like i had no technology helping me essentially with this i just needed to drive down this road and i'm watching as i'm driving and my car is like jumping up and down from the craters i'm watching the sunset behind the mountains <laughs> and i can like see golden hour at the yeah, tip like, of the mountains time, yeah. i'm like what is going to happen? I keep passing campsites too, where I'm like, okay, well, if I can't find them, I have to go to these people and ask to join them because like, what am I going to do? I was also borrowing my tent from my roommate. So I've never set this tent up before. At least I had a tent, but, um, I don't know how to set it up. I could figure it out, but like in the dark with a lantern, I don't even have a headlamp. (laughs) Um, so and i'm just not prepared (laughs) just not prepared uh as i'm driving down the road too i'm passing signs that are saying like you're entering bear country like be prepared uh know what you're doing don't be around food blah 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 blah. like bear country yeah signs where i'm like i don't know how to navigate being around a bear i don't like i can't be alone right now i have like hella food in my car i was you know whatever driving down the road i'm keeping the faith here i'm gonna like put a little bit of spirituality in this and say that when i had loaded up the pin and they told me that it was going to be 50 minutes to an hour to get there the estimated arrival time was 8 18 and those who know me know that this is a number that i've seen like frequently in my life and it's been reoccurring and it's also my birthday 818 but it's like something oh, wow. that i constantly see when like crazy shit's about to happen essentially like this number has po- like those who are close to me i've talked like deeply about this like 818 is this something is like trying to reach me when they like give me this number mm-hmm. and those who see their birthday number um frequently it's said that they have like a very in-tuned intuition and that they just need to trust themselves and so I was also, like, kind of leaning into the numerology here. Like, I'm going to be okay. Like, no matter what, I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, just do, like, what your intuition is telling you. And my intuition told me to keep driving down this damn road. So I'm driving, I'm driving. And now it's, like, the sun is about to be gone. And I get to the pin that they had dropped. And there is a campsite at the end of this pin. And it's, like, 
um, kind of an open field in this valley that we were in. Um, any like Coloradians wa- like listening to this episode right now, it was in Winfield, Colorado, uh, which is like a small ancient mining town um, inside of Granite, Colorado. Um, there isn't a lot of people there. It's kind of hard to get to, so, <laughs> obviously. someone who doesn't know any of this stuff, this is just out west in the middle of the bumfuck nowhere in the mountains. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. There's um, Denver and then there's mountains. For any of you listening who don't know the geography of Colorado, it's flat as shit and then there's just mountains. And so right before the mountains, that's Denver. So yes. Natalie's deep. How, how, how far into the mountains are you? What, like two, three hour drive? It was a two and a half hour drive to the reservoir and then Plus another the hour. 40, 50 hour mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you had to do on that pin drop, yeah? Yep. Was it just straight west? Um, west and a little bit south. Do you know where Bu- Buena Vista is? It's a little north of Buena Vista and south of Leadville. Either way. <laughs> you're, you're like, I don't know a single town, yeah. I believe. <laughs> um, okay. So I get to the, the, that like open area and I see a bunch of campsites and I'm not wearing my glasses either. Cause I'm a genius and I didn't wear my glasses. Not that it would matter, but I am a little blind. I have like 6320 vision. <laughs> Albert is giving me such a face right now. Um, <laughs> Just a series of not very smart decisions. You know, you gotta trust. You gotta trust the eight eighteen, Albert. You gotta trust it. So I'm bobbing my head around all these campsites. People like were giving me weird looks because there were some campsites I didn't even like talk to. I was just like I got really close to and just like kind of stared until my eyes were able to focus and I was able to tell like who the people were. <laughs> Fucking darting, shooting darts at people with your eyes, bro. The <laughs> freaked out. Like who the fuck is this woman serial killer? Like about like you're the scared one, but they're equally as terrified of you. <laughs> I mean, I was wearing a Grateful Dead shirt. Like how scary could i be right uh i'm just like a 20 year old 20 something year old woman uh yeah i mean it was dark who knows we can't see that well it wasn't dark yet it, w- it was about to be dark because mm-hmm. it's like 8 30 at this point that the sun is behind the mountains but we still kind of had that little glow going on so i yeah. could see um i go to over to the last campsite that was um i think was like closest to where the pin was theoretically supposed to be and i asked the people i was like hey um i hate to bother you guys but like are are there any campsites past you uh i'm looking for my friends you know it's obviously getting dark out i i I honestly don't know if i'm gonna find them tonight and the base on the pin that they sent me it seems like they're supposed to be here but i don't have service they're like yeah we haven't had service anywhere in this area like uh but we haven't seen this like person's I like describe my friend's car, describe what my friend looked like. Like they, they hadn't seen this person. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, and they're like, well, if you continue down this road, there's more campsites that way. But do you have four wheel drive? Like, are you able to do it? And I'm like, I I have four wheel drive, but I mean, (laughs) does the road get worse than what it took to even get here? It's already shit. What do you mean? It gets worse. (laughs) It gets like the sun is actively going down. They're like, yeah, I mean, give it a try. Like their friends might be down there. So I did just that. I started driving down, like, further down the road, and uh, the road was so bad. Like, my car was not going to make it. So I had to do this, like, crazy 20-point turn, (laughs) turn around, drove back to that campsite, and I was like, I wouldn't use the term defeated, but I had accepted fate (laughs) that I needed to set up camp by myself. Uh I couldn't sleep in my car with all the food. Um, I I guess I could have locked the doors. There's, like, not even enough room for me to sleep. I would have been so freaking depressed, like, cooped up in my car with all my camping gear. Like, I'm not going to be a bitch. I need to set up the tent. I I grabbed my my, my dull-ass lantern, and I found a spot to set up my tent, and I, like, started setting it up, quote-unquote setting it up. I, like, could not figure it out. Um, my roommate had like an explanation for me on how it should be set up. And I was kind of following the rough draft that he like verbally said. And I I just like wasn't understanding. Um, I had never set up a tent in general, let alone this specific one. Um, and I was like, I need to go back to those people and ask for help. This is so embarrassing, but I have to do it. Um, I walked back over to that campsite and I was like, keep in mind, it's now pitch black. Like, I searched for my friends until I couldn't see anything anymore and then decided, you know, it's time. Oh, shit. So it was pitch black out and I come running over to those people with my lantern. And I was like, hey, guys, <laughs> it's me again. Uh, I hate to do this, but can you 
please can someone help me set up this tent like it's very dark i can't see i haven't set up this tent before um i really just need like a second pair of eyes and hands uh i'm also like kind of stressed out at the moment and it's really hard to figure this out and two dads were like they stood up and they were like full dad mode engaged full dad mode engaged they were like waiting for this moment this is like this is why we go out into the woods we've always wanted to save a helpless woman they're like their tribesmen like instinct kicked in it's like yeah. we have to help this dad, this puny female <laughs> <laughs> they throw in their headlamps and they're like my sons can set up a tent in five minutes come on boys and then like five boys from the ages of like five is this five including the dads five sons and then the two so dads. So it's two dads and five kids. You have seven people. I have seven men <laughs> seven, from the ages of five to 50 <laughs> all throwing on headlamps and like marching over like show us where your tent is. And uh, I literally like it, I joke about when I tell this story now like I just felt like that song from Mulan was playing where they're like we are men. We must be forces. <laughs> that is not how it goes but sure let's That's say that. close. Um but they it was like honestly a really wholesome experience because that sounds fantastic. they were like extremely welcoming and friendly they introduced yeah. themselves by name and like what they like had, what they enjoy in life seven new names that day. had to learn seven new names i don't remember any of them well it's extremely rude of you <laughs> <laughs> it's okay but um, the dads were, you know, engaging full dad mode on, like, showing me and explaining their process of looking at the tent and, like, how they're going to navigate setting it up, which I, like, didn't realize how much I enjoy that. I hate mansplaining, but I love a dad showing me how to do stuff. I grew up without one, and, you know, I, I, I forget how much I've, like, missed out on and, like learning how to do shit for myself mm. <laughs> um so just to have a father it's, it's just, like we're gonna compare these two poles in the tent and like the, they're the same length so we know that they go together i'm like i love this keep explaining this to me like I, this is amazing i'm gonna be able to set up this tent you're by myself next time what was that you're getting dad figured it's great it's is that time. a term dad, dad figure I, th- I mean like i've used it before so i, I would like to think <laughs> it's a term i don't know <laughs> um yeah, so it was, yeah, again, really wholesome. They're like, you came on the perfect night because it's a clear sky. You're going to get a great view of the stars, blah, blah, blah. They're like it's just t- talking to me. Like, they they made me feel calm. And I realized that, like, community can be found anywhere that you go. Even if you're alone in the freaking woods, if you find people, like, humans are naturally So long good. as there's people. <laughs> so long as there's people. And it, and it tends to be those people who will go camp out three hours into the mountains who end up being really friendly because they understand that kind of stuff. Right. I don't want to be naive here and be like, talk to anyone and you'll be safe and won't be murdered. There's always going to (laughs) be bad people in there. But like for the most part, (laughs) yeah, like community can be found anywhere. And just having people around me gave me such a sense of calmness. And, you know, I was... I had to problem solve by myself in order to get to that point of even asking for help. Yeah. Um, so not only did I like have a lot of trust in myself at this point, but now I have trust in the people around me. Like I felt very safe. Yeah, bro. You found and a troop of Boy Scouts. I know. Like I literally just found the Boy Scouts in the woods. Like how lucky <laughs> am I? Yeah. Just like putting faith into the universe. Like I, I, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then I found the Boy Scouts <laughs> and their fathers. Um, well, that's how Scouts work you know dads help their kids go in and they teach and stuff i don't know what that's like <laughs> I, I don't either but my friends were scouts and so i saw it true yeah. were you never a boy scout fuck no i'm chinese my mom didn't know what the fuck the boy scouts were <laughs> i was a girl Dude, i thought scout. the boy scouts were like like a thing they made up in the cartoons oh really yeah because i would see them in the cartoon in like cartoons and stuff like and like i was just like oh yeah that's not a real thing right because that just sounded hilarious and then uh, and then I met my friends in high school, and they're like, "No, we're Eagle Scouts. Like we're at the like the the top rank of Scouts you can get to. Like interesting. Like they all know how to tie knots and build fires and See, set up camps and stuff. That's not cool because I was in the Girl Scouts for I want to say Scouts like six are a years. Fucking joke. They are because obviously they didn't teach me how to set up a tent or like protect myself in the wilderness. I know how to do arts and crafts. I learned about Greek gods. I learned how to like make purses out of duct tape. I swear to God, I didn't learn a single thing. Like we went camping once, and it was in a cabin. Uh huh. 
we went camping in a cabin and on, honestly like my mom helped out with the girl scouts she was one of like the, the troop leaders and stuff but um you know she didn't understand what the girl scouts were and so like when everyone on this camping trip had brought like sleeping pads and like this like decked out like sleeping attire and i had like a blanket and i'm like sleeping on a hard floor i was like this sucks <laughs> yeah the girl um, scouts um i had a conversation with my friend emma back in she's from greenwich and she was like i was in the girl scouts and it was the most useless fucking thing i've ever learned in my life <laughs> we learned how to sell cookies yeah it was like sell cookies so marketing that's like one skill and then two was like stupid songs so she told me some song about bees or like eating bees i don't think i learned any songs she said there was a lot of song learning Either way. Um, we I was actually the first time I went rock climbing was with the Girl Scouts. Oh, cool. Well, not totally useless then. It Maybe. was indoors. It wasn't even outside. I bet the Boy Scouts climbed outside. Yeah. <laughs> I I would bet so too. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Um So, again, super nice when they like went went to walk away. One of the dads was like, please, you know, like, don't be a stranger. You can come back to our camp and we have extra food because they had just eaten dinner. They're like, we're going to make s'mores. We have a fire going. It's going to get cold. Hell yeah. You're getting indoctrinated as a Boy Scout. I'm getting indoctrinated into the Boy Scouts out in the middle of nowhere. I think they're just called the Scouts now because I think they actually do allow others. In, but... Can I join as an adult? I don't, uh, I don't know about that. That seems weird. Yeah, no. Uh, anyway, so I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I'll think about it. I w- went back to my car to grab. I was going to like start setting up my tent, get my sleeping pad uh, out, and get all my like my comforter, my blankets, my sleeping bag. I even brought like a little tiny like short table as a side table because I like to be bougie. Um, I wanted to like have something to put my lantern on and my water. Can't set up tent, but... <laughs> has a small table to be bougie gotta be bougie um and as i start walking back one of the dads like had come back to like reaffirm like this wasn't just an open offer like seriously i know you must suck being out here alone right now and i like you're a really good like i tell you can tell you're a really good person and yada yada. i was like like, (laughs) i was like about to uh and he's like i had we even have beer we got it all like it's all yours essentially (laughs) i was like well i have beer too i can get you guys um so you know i'll definitely come i'll definitely come and hang out i go and i grab like i was like i want to set up my tent first uh you know get everything situated and he's like yeah no totally like take your time and i like i'm about to get inside of my tent albert i am about to be inside of my tent for a a solid like 30 minutes that's how long it took me to like set up my whole bougie setup um and as i'm about to crawl into it i see my friend's car drive by my tent i shit you not and I start chasing it down. <laughs> like, I can't even explain Dude, what? the feeling that I got when I saw his car drive by. It was like the most natural form of dopamine and serotonin I've ever received. <laughs> and I'm like running with my little lantern. And um, he said this is going to be a core memory for him. Like, getting out of his car and then like seeing me with my lantern running (laughs) and from the darkness i'm like Mm -hmm. just sprinting towards the car and i like just jumped on him like a football player just like tackled him to the ground i was so happy like that was like pure happiness that i endured hell yeah i can't even put this into words but i mean i'm sure you can kind of visualize oh absolutely (laughs) uh apparently he had gone down back to the reservoir to to wait for me and find me because he was just, like worried that i got like something bad had happened to me or that i was like very confused or so I, you guys just did a little switcheroo we did a switcheroo so he went to where you were and then you went to where he was supposed to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah i found him and i went back to the camp of course to let the boy everyone scouts. know <laughs> let the boy scouts know that i uh i was good i was safe i was with my people now everyone was cheering God, it was so great i mean my my first thought was like hey let's just set up here for tonight and have some fucking s'mores with these boy scouts <laughs> i mean i was i was ready to yeah um but they already had camp set up but it was deep uh, into the woods it wasn't like was it down that place that you turned around no it was further up um 
where I saw some other campsites, but they like were trying to stay away from people. So they had like pulled their cars up all the way to the top of like this open area. And then they like hiked up a little bit to set up camp. So I couldn't see camp um, from where like we were in like the open field. Um, But, you know, my friends helped me grab my tent when they they brought me up to, to their camp and they had like a whole kitchen set up and they made dinner they made a steak and like vegetables and i just oh, i was yeah. like wow this is the best i've ever felt in my entire life <laughs> just like i feel like i earned everything that i ate everything that i was feeling like it just felt like very well earned because of all the like the shit that i had to go through to get there mm-hmm. um and there was another friend that was missing that we found later that night as well so i wasn't the only one granted like you know you said we're gonna be meeting at the reservoir this is very much not the reservoir but what uh, did we learn carpool (laughs) no (laughs) or just have really clear instructions yeah have a meeting spot spot. yeah literally just designate a meeting spot don't set up camp yet like that sounds that sounds like an awesome experience and whoever set it up did not do enough thinking on or organization and meeting up (laughs) I mean, it ended up working out. It ended up working out, and I'm glad it did. <sighs> and we got to lay out under the stars and watch, like, the the galaxy. You can see the entire ass Milky Way. Yeah, from... when you're that far out, there's, like, almost no light pollution, which is oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. So amazing. Um, another cool thing that happened, this was on the last day, and honestly, you know, the person whose car it was probably didn't see it to be very cool, but he couldn't find his keys, and he was convinced that he had locked his keys in his car Ooh. and we we're in the middle of nowhere again like we, we can't call AAA for this guy and like what are we gonna do drive two hours to the next town so that we can you know get AAA out into the mountains and like he's gonna be there all night like we have to break into the car there's no other way <laughs> oh boy <laughs> and so we're prying open the passenger seat door with like our kitchen utensils like spatulas and skewers and i grabbed an ice pick from my car and we made like a pretty solid gap in the top of the passenger seat like door. fucking up his car <laughs> we were it was su- super scratchy. I, I mean it was necessary if you really thought like you locked it in there um and we taped two skewers together and i had finessed the skewers down into the car and like this, I'm, I'm making it sound like it was a smooth, buttery process, but this definitely took us, like, a solid hour <laughs> of, like, because it's not easy to just, like, they, they don't design cars to be broken into. Like, yeah. you're really not supposed to break into a car. Um, it took us, like, a trial and error to find, like, a wire that was able to get, give enough pressure and angle to reach the... Hit that unlock button. Hit the unlock button. And I, like, I served up some finesse, and I was the one to execute, and it felt really good. Good shit. But what didn't feel good is the fact that his keys weren't in the car, and they were in his tent the entire time. And he probably had to go through insurance for that shit. <laughs> for what? For, like, fucking... I'm assuming you guys, like, fucked up the passenger door, like, a good bit. Uh, it was scratched up, but, I mean, it's still functional. Oh, okay, then that's fine, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What what sucked was we couldn't find the keys, and his, like, alarm was going off. And... For, like, an hour? Uh, 20 minutes. St- like, that was 20 minutes is a long time for an alarm, I bet. Either way, wow, that's fine. <laughs> I'm sure some other campers were not happy with that alarm. <laughs> Oh, no. I was like, shit, we're those people right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys are definitely those people for 20 minutes. In the dead of night? <laughs> uh, no, this was in the morning, at least. Oh, okay. At least you're, yeah. At least it's daytime. Yeah. But... Kind of doing all the stuff, paddleboarding and going on the reservoir and doing all that crazy oh, shit. Oh, yeah. We even caught our own fish and cooked them up. And I brought little seaweed snacks because I knew we were going to try to catch fish and, and eat it. So I brought, like, little seaweed snacks to roll the fish in. And everyone was like, oh, my God, this elevated the experience so much. Like, it added so much flavor. And I was like, so yeah, you're prepared, you're prepared in fun and I was. in foods. Fun and food just didn't have, like, my, my weapon... If, Your weapon? If, if a bear had approached me, uh-huh. I didn't have anything to protect myself. I mean, there's nothing you can't you. I mean, depending on the bear, like if it's a black bear, like you can, you can reasonably get it to go away from you. If it's a grizzly, I mean, you're just dead. Unless you have a fucking hunting rifle, you're just dead. True. 
but I mean the people that I was with had a, like a little bit more like a machete and, and some knives like I didn't have anything so like to be out there by myself was kind of like alright let's get eaten <laughs> um, yeah if I were you and I didn't end up seeing my friends I would have just I would have just moved my tent to go camp out with the boy scouts <laughs> mm, true yeah I don't know I feel like I can share this story, but I really do feel like a different person after this experience, Mm -hmm. um, which is just crazy because it's just like a a camping weekend. But I mean, like the the amount of stuff that we did, the like the stories that we were able to share, the connection that we like all like grew from going through. Yeah, yeah, it it felt really good um, to experience that. No service, no connection. That's always an awesome thing too. Always love, always love a good weekend without a cell phone. Mm -hmm. in the mountains, you just have so much time to think. True. And I felt like a little fairy because I was microdosing everyone with mushrooms. Like, here you go. Take a mushroom. Take a mushroom. And everyone was, like, vibing really hard. Hell yeah. We made so much good food. Because we had, like a, like, a kitchen set up with a, like a gas stove. Made lots of steak and fish and breakfast burritos. You lived like the original humans did. And that's Great. how you know. That's why, I mean listen to yourself you had a great ass time oh yeah and i had to bury my shit i had to shit on the last day i i i made it two days without does it natalie shit in the woods (laughs) (laughs) if you don't see it does it actually happen um no but i had to like dig a hole with a shovel and like bury my (laughs) i was like now is that because of the animals or something or how does that work like why i mean you don't want to just leave out in the open yeah i guess yeah that's true (laughs) kind of disrespectful but i got like i had a great view of this like huge mountain (laughs) while i'm (laughs) while i'm doing my business yeah oh my god okay all right oh that's 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 pretty nice does having a nice view help help poop (laughs) it felt really natural like after having a great weekend like to close it off because we were like packing up camp when i had to do this and a good view good shit with a good view fuck yeah i was like yeah (laughs) dude this is great um hell yeah yeah i have a lot of trust in myself now and i know that like i had a lot of help from people along the way but um yeah that's just what being human is like i got this chair from my neighbor (laughs) yeah we're sitting in a chair that looks like a cozy ass lawn chair I, I i need to invest into a second chair yeah if you first episode we were on the floor second episode we stole a chair from my roommate and now i'm still in a chair from my my neighbor and it's such a large lawn chair it's like thick like wide it's also deep yeah <laughs> like i'm hand holding my mic this i episode, think like two so people could fit in that chair but it's not like a, a love seat camping no. chair. Yeah. It's just one singular giant chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I imagine we'll have an entire different setup once we switch gears to your place. Yes. Um, Which does mean we'll be investing some money into setup and stuff, but I think that's fine. But I'm I'm excited to have guests come on. Um, one of the friends that I went camping with, I'm excited to have him on. He knows a lot about growing your own food, and I think that's something that like everyone should know. Yeah, for um, sure. For self sustainability, in order to like. Well, not know, even we yeah. So it's like sustainability, like sustaining yourself, like knowing how to take care of yourself if shit does hit the fan. Which shit's probably not going to hit the fan anytime soon, ever, unless the world wants to actually destroy itself. But knowing how to grow your own food is good. But also knowing how to grow your own food is awesome just to have, like, genuine organic food yeah, and that to, is never touched. You can control the soil and yeah. have actual nutrients in your soil. Well, you know exactly what's touching it, too. Like, pesticides, herbicides. Like, you're using what you know is safe to eat. You know what you're washing off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, like, you know it's not going to be, you know, wrapped in chemicals or plastics or whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. You can trust people that you find in the woods, but you can't trust corporations that you uh, buy shit from in the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think uh, I think plastics is definitely one a big thing that I'm trying to move away from just generally. It's so difficult. They make it everything is plastic, even your clothes. Yeah. So actually, I just bought a new 
pack of shirts, 100% cotton. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but I got new sheets, 100% cotton. Were no. they packaged in plastic? Uh, no, actually, cardboard box and like wax paper. Mm. So, yep, just send me the link to that. Yep, my water bottle, just stainless steel and bamboo. Uh, I switched to cast iron this past week because of my recommendation. No, but kind of just generally. How is cleaning it been for you fucking annoying because <laughs> i like i mean the main thing i cook in there is eggs and those things stick eggs and cast iron is so difficult it yeah. makes me like not want to cook eggs oh yeah it makes me want to switch back to teflon and then i well, think about there's the other options you teflon. can maybe get like a copper pan for eggs uh, or a carbon steel pan for eggs they're... i know there's like yeah carbon steel stainless steel i'm thinking of getting one of those because cast iron is kind of a bitch for that yeah, cast iron's great, but eggs for sure. There's got to be another yeah. way. <laughs> like I've been using uh, this electric grill outside for my steaks, and I do kind of want to try and cook a steak in the cast iron pan, but not yet. Soon. So not yet. that's what my friend had cooked at our camping trip. He used cast iron um, to make these like really large steaks. And I don't know if I told you this before, but up until last week, I have not been able to successfully eat a steak ever. What do you mean successfully eat a steak? Like you only you can only eat a little bit of it? I can't chew it and it? I have to spit it out. Oh, you just don't like it? My, no, like my brain gets very confused while chewing it. About I I, I feel like I can't chew to completion enough to swallow it. And if it feels like way too tough to be broken down in my stomach and my, my body. Where like, are you getting steaks from? Um. Well, I, saw, I started eating meat about a year ago now. Okay. Um, and I've I tried to eat steaks quite a few times post eating meat. Like restaurants? restaurants friends had made me like multiple different friends had made me steaks and i just like couldn't do it and i haven't tried again in months but my friend was like we're making steak and i'm like great and it was delicious <laughs> i was able to eat it well fantastic it might be a diff- certain cut of meat or maybe your body's just re used to it again yeah. maybe your your brain just snapped into mountain woman life I think and it's so. just like meat is food and food is energy I, and food is life yeah i'm a changed woman albert i'm a changed look woman. at you meat eater i wasn't grossed out either watching my friend like have to kill this fish and gut the fish like normally i don't want anything to do with that but i was actually pretty intrigued like watching the process like knowing yeah. that if i was in the woods by myself like i now kind of have knowledge on how to do those things it's cool pretty freaking cool Fuck. i'm excited i'm going backpacking in a couple weeks uh so i'll get to experience more more nature shit i'm sure learn get some more experiences i feel like i learn a lot in my day in my day-to-day life but i feel like my the lessons that life gives me is expedited through like having to worry about more than just what like city life indoors yeah when you're out in the mountains or just nature for that long i think you're your brain kind of like readjusts its, its like priorities, and it's like okay, For sure. shelter, food, <laughs> uh, you know, sleep and whatnot, and that, and then we can worry about other things. Yeah. And it's like this really peaceful focus. I would imagine, at least, I haven't done it in a very long time. So. <laughs> yeah, we didn't plan a single thing either, and it was great. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to do some camping. And like backpacking and just like overnight in the mountain, in the mountains, just because I've not done that yet. And I feel like I'm wasting the opportunity. Just, I mean, I'm like we're, we live right here. Like might as well go do it. Well, next time I go, I can invite you. Sure. I'd be down. That sounds great. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, like in relation to having to survive off of your wits and like being super present in the moment in order to it's almost meditative i mean i would i would argue that it is well like do you have any experiences with anything similar to that uh yeah in middle school i would uh my school did a couple of camping trips and that that was i mean i think the the longest stretch of time was i think in ninth grade so freshman year of high school um but my middle school was weird, so they had, like, one extra bonus year. And they were like, you can stay if you want. And a good amount of kids did, a good amount of kids didn't. Um, but one of the things that's cool about staying for that ninth grade year is that <laughs> you, get to do, you get to do a lot of shit. 
uh, and the uh, one of the first things that happens is like you know the semester starts in the fall and you know after the summer and whatnot, and then in, it hits October, and uh, your entire grade. And by entire grade, I mean like this is a small private school. Uh, <laughs> You're going out into the mountains, and this is a ninth grade like bonus kind of action thing. So my my entire grade is forty one people. Wait, really? Yeah. So my entire Damn. grade in ninth grade is forty one people, and so we we oh, go we go out as a class, and split, even then like split into smaller groups. I think like three or four groups, so probably like ten ten or so people each. Uh, and we drive out to the Adirondacks in New York, and it's like a three day twenty one twenty one mile hike, I believe, and. It was awesome. It was just like, like, I'd never really, like, I had gone to school with these people for like seven years, but this was the time after seven years, I was like, wow, I actually feel like, like, I could, uh, like, properly socialize slash like spend, like, you know, actually spend quality time with them, like not Mm -hmm. just school, because in school, you're always focused on school. Um, Yeah, lots of hiking. I remember drinking water from the rivers, and it's like, we had to put iodine in them. (laughs) Just to like de, what is it called? Like just purify the water. And uh, yeah, we're drinking this iodized yeah. water, and it was it was kind of nasty tasting, uh, but the views were amazing. I remember sleeping on a hill, <laughs> and that felt really weird because uh, it was like the flattest bit of ground we could find. And uh, I remember the last day actually, my group was uh, is this three day trip, right? And so the last day, my group was so far ahead of the other two groups. The, I think it was two groups. Um, on our way on our way back to the buses that we hit the we we found this lake just like in the middle of the path and we were so far ahead that we're like fuck it let's go for a swim so we just all went into the lake for like i don't know like 30 45 minutes i think it was like 45 minutes to an hour and i think around like when we were getting out one of my classmates he he in the lakes at some point like like cut open his foot on a rock and so we like had to stay behind like make sure he was good first aid kit he's like it was not too bad but he was bleeding a good oh, bit damn. um and the fun well the interesting part is that like by the like we're so far ahead but after the swim and like patching him up we were the last ones to the buses like they were waiting on us but we had this whole That's experience so to talk about <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> my it's friend's like, bleeding dude yeah but honestly um, it was more like yeah fuck it let's go something for that i think that you would really enjoy is the natural cold plunge that i did in, in the, in the yeah, reservoir yeah i want to do that um it feels so much different than like doing it in a shower like lately i've just been the doing, cold like, shower is not the same um i've tried doing like an ice bath uh, i did an ice bath that was pretty nice but dunking yourself into a freezing cold reservoir it's i felt so cleansed because it was also like super hot out so yeah. I, I i went in already like kind of sweating so it made it a little bit easier but like the natural minerals from the natural cold is the way to go for sure and just like a mountain well, view while while dunking yourself it was amazing and so for those for so for those of you listening who don't live in super hot climates during the summer and and i count connecticut as this right like we're both from connecticut i feel like even in connecticut like when it's summer it doesn't get nearly as hot there as it does here uh in in certain ways and the reason I, I'm, I'm saying all this is because uh in the winter here when i cold shower it's fucking cold uh, mm. but it's summer now and every day is like 90 plus and we have the sun beaming on every part of our lawns aka you know where the water runs well, we're a mile closer to the sun than we were in connecticut when i turn yeah exactly when i when i turn the tap to cold in my shower it's fucking still like pretty warm yeah it's like not that it's like cold but it's not like what yeah. it was in the winter so it's very like can you get a like a one of those cold plunge tubs for your backyard and we can it would be a great investment for you and then i will benefit from it <laughs> i mean i kind of do want to do that but those always feel like kind of a waste right because you have to like dump all this ice in it and then well if you leave the water it gets nasty this is a popular routine right now but i like, for those of you that are listening that don't necessarily know why you would want to torture yourself with cold water uh it's very good for you <laughs> it's really great at regulating your nervous system and it gives you a very healthy release of dopamine that lasts longer than it's it always okay but here's the thing it's dopamine dopamine like everyone talks about dopamine it's not even just dopamine it's the three uh forgot fuck huberman talked about it but it's like the three it's like uh 
it's uh it's dopamine epinephrine and norepinephrine it's it's mm. like the three there's a it starts with a c it's called something but it's like the the way it like it hits you and, it, and you feel good afterwards is like it's like nothing else um and one of the things that they did research on that like they compared it to is like people who claim they have adhd people who take adderall people who take literal you know like amphetamines to make themselves focus more it's because you're getting a boost to dopamine in your system and essentially what's happening is you're you're getting this boost in dopamine uh and epinephrine and norepinephrine that's helping you hit the brakes on certain parts of your brain mm. it doesn't accelerate you it, it accelerates those brakes it does accelerate you but it accelerates your capacity to hit the brakes on distractions if you think about it that way one of the studies that they did showed that yeah when you do these like cold plunges and like straight ice baths and you get hit with that wave of dopamine it lasts for hours yeah like which is not normal for like outside substances giving you absolutely so one that's exactly it right it's completely natural um so it is and it's completely natural which is amazing uh because it's just fucking cold water and it gives you all these amazing benefits which is amazing and here's the most amazing part is that when you take substances that are developed by pharmaceutical companies like adderall or whatever you might take ritalin whatever the hell you want to talk talk about it's those drugs you take them and then your hormones or whatever your your, the chemicals in your brain spike up and then a lot of the time they drop below baseline which is one Mm, of the things that mm -hmm. they talk about when you get these big spikes of dopamine they rise and then after you you come down they drop below baseline and then you have to re-up yeah so the well it it makes you feel like you have to re-up because you're below baseline like you're you're on a literal low right um whereas with cold showers and cold well mostly cold plunges and this cold exposure kind of thing this wave is that it doesn't ever drop below baseline you're you're getting this big boost and then it rides for like four hours it's so great it's pretty awesome the hardest part is getting in and the crazy thing is i believe the, the the research is that uh you only need to do it for about 30 seconds to a minute and then you're good and if you want full benefits you only have to do it for about 11 minutes during a week so, oh really I didn't yeah know 11 minutes for a full week 30 seconds easy. to a minute every time you do it easy peasy so you want to be doing it a little more than once a day unless you want to do longer exposures i like longer exposures yeah which i think it is gives fun. you more time to hone in a really good breathwork practice yeah um Dude, I mean, like, look at Wim Hof. That dude is a fucking nutcase. I have no idea who that is. It's the uh, the Iceman, the guy who's... I forget what country he's from. I think he's, he might be Swedish. He's the guy... You ever watch those, like, Columbia jacket commercials where it's, like, the dude in, like, with just shorts on getting into a bath of ice no. in the Arctic? No. You've never heard of this guy? I've never heard of him. He's literally, like, the king of, like... Like, cold is just mental... Uh, he like teaches people how to do like the cold plunges and crazy shit but not only that like that that's just his like youtube stuff like he he has climbed uh i think it's mount kilimanjaro and like barefoot in just his shorts and taught like a group of like 20 people to do it with him like he's climbed Mm. everest in shorts what the heck he's and the thing is it's not even just uh he uh it's not even just cold but i think two years two more he uh he ran, I think, a half marathon in the Arctic Circle with you know no those, shoes. You know those boys in high school that wear shorts all year round? Yeah. This is what happens to them when they get older. <laughs> he, uh, he did one other one where it's like he, he broke the world record for, I think it was like, I, I can't remember, I think it was 70 meters. But he, he swam underneath a frozen lake. So, like, they dug one hole. Oh, he jumped God. in and they had dug another hole, like, for him to resurface. And by the end of it, like, he had swam past it by accident because his fucking retinas froze. And then he... That's the first, the freeze? And then he had his eyes open? I'm so confused. Yeah, he has to see where he's swimming underneath a sheet of ice. So he has to, like, go towards where that other hole is and his, like, eye freezes over. And then, like, he has to turn around and someone pulls him out of the water. Um, And then one of the ones with the hot, I know he, like... I don't know if... I don't think it was the Sahara, but it was a... It was a desert he ran, like, a half marathon in with, like, no water. Like, the dude just has, yeah. like, ab- absurd body control. Does he have any master classes? <laughs> yeah, no, I think he has a bunch of stuff on YouTube. He has his own program. He has a whole bunch of crazy shit. I- I'm surprised you've never heard of him, because I feel like you'd love him. 
Maybe. He uh, it might yeah. be like really intense for me. There's, no, no there's... he's he's really intense. There's some YouTubers who have done they've done like I spent 24 hours with Wim Hof and his day is like wake up, like it's like wake up, uh, cold plunge, and then I think he does. He, I mean, obviously everyone's days are different, but I think the day that he made them do was like, then he does like his breathing exercises, and then he like does this thing where he has literally a freezer built in his house, uh, in like this basement part of his house, like like a literal freezer room. And then he, like, dumps water on his head so his, like, face is wet and his hair is wet. And then he goes into the freezer room just because it makes you colder. And then he walks around for, like, 30 minutes. So he just pretty much spends his entire days breathing freezing cold temperatures. Being cold. Breathing. Yes. I guess if you have the time, <laughs> you, you too can yeah. be you. Well, so the crazy thing is that he, he, does some, he does some crazy, like, scientific research and shit, too. Like, um... I might be butchering this, but he uh, has such good control over his body that they did... They ran these tests, and it was basically they in, they injected him with a very small amount of neurotoxin. And he was able to use his breathing technique to force his nervous system to attack this neurotoxin. Huh. And what? He, and then he trained 12 other people to do it. Uh, and he's like working with universities cool. and it's like, he's doing blood work with them and he's, he's letting them like use him as like science, like for science. I love that so much. So it's not just like some dude, like who talks out of his ass. It's like this. Dude I, I believe you. I feel like there's, you know, the, the scientific extreme of what's his name? Hugh. Andrew Huberman. Andrew Huberman. What do you mean by scientific extreme? Like he is built different. And oh. he's being used for science, um, but like for everyday life. Oh, Andrew Huberman's the dude who does the podcast. The guy I was talking about, his name is Wim Hof. Wim Hof, they, Hof Hugh. I don't <laughs> getting confused. I thought they were the same person. No, Andrew now Huberman is a neuroscientist. Wim Hof is a oh. dude that breathes and. Is really you, good at I it. I see you. Okay, different people. Don't listen to me. But okay, e- either way, like everyday people. I was listening. There's this girl who lives in Colorado. Um, we like have like a social media friendship. I would I would say, she uh, was in Glenwood Springs, and in the hot springs in that area, they have like the hot springs, which is kind of like you know a natural hot tub essentially, and they also had pools also that were great. like ice cold ice cold pools because like in, yeah. in the early summer springtime in colorado the mountains are still like it still snows yeah when so you're there's that high up, yeah. yeah there's still gonna be like cold spots there's gonna be cold snow runoff that's creating these cold pools and you can still swim in them but it's advised that like you you know what you're like you're, you could get hypothermia like if you stay in it too long and you're you don't know what you're doing or whatever yeah a lot of it's shock too yeah um so while she was there, she witnessed, like, a young girl that, like, had gotten into the pool and was, you know, she was fine. Like, she was playing and having a good time. And the mom was, like, freaking out, like, ripping her daughter out of the water. Like, don't go in there. It's dangerous. Ah! And just, like, lost her shit. And then shortly after, she witnessed this father bring his son into the pool and teach his son breath work was like holding his face like teaching him how to breathe through the the, the, the cold and mm. just the different parenting styles just to hear like I, I didn't even yeah. witness this it mm. was just like just to think about that and how like i was definitely raised by the mother the overprotective mother the overprotective mother which is like it's it's not necessarily a bad thing but i do uh, this is a whole another can of worms but that's like the whole like having two parents in the household thing because it's True. like the the father normally is supposed to play that role of like push into the danger, teach the kids like what is safe and like have them push their limits. And the mom is supposed to be the protective one where it's just like, okay, now you don't do that shit. And then don't do this shit. Otherwise you <laughs> die. Where it's like, Fair. I mean, like, I, I mean, I grew up pretty much like with a, without a dad in the household as well. And so, yeah, I had a mom who is, she's definitely more on the masculine side, but yeah, she's still an overprotective mom. So it's like Mama Bear. Yeah, it's like Mama Bear's Mama doing her job. But it's hard to be the mom and the dad at the exactly. same time. Exactly. And then like sometimes that's what you need the dad there for. It's like yeah, when you get into that cold water, your body's gonna freak out and turns out all you have to do is breathe through it. Yeah. It's and it's easier said than done obviously, but like when you have a guiding force like that with you, it's like you just 
that fear is like you can you can deal with it really easily for sure for sure all right well we're past the hour mark Mm -hmm. um i hope you uh, those of you listening enjoyed my story albert i hope you enjoyed my story as well that's a great story uh kind of step outside of what you're comfortable with doing i think is like the moral of all of this whether it be touch like grass. a cold plunge touch grass man don't be afraid to be spontaneous don't and be ask afraid. for help yeah definitely don't be afraid to ask for help if i had tried setting up that tent by myself i would have been at it all night <laughs> if you're a parent um and you have kids send them to the scouts <laughs> for sure if you're a single mother um put your child in the scouts and then yeah. <laughs> Have them learn some danger. Yeah. Danger is a good thing. It's okay to ease back every now and then. All right. Well. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We will see you next episode. All right. Bye. Bye.